Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So for today's question, Samantha, I'm not sure you'll know the answer, but do you remember when you became familiar with the idea of self-care? You know, I honestly don't think it was until recently that Mm -hmm. I learned of this. And uh, when I say recently, the idea and concept of self-care was not something in my Christian upbringing. Sure. So that was not something, especially as a woman who is supposed Mm -hmm. to be the caretaker, the nurturer. Right. That's not a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, For my mother, I definitely never saw that from her. She's constantly going. She is still constantly going to this day. And she is 65. So... For me, I don't think it really came into play until I literally had a panic attack, anxiety attack that shut me down for a week Mm -hmm. in when I was working as a child abuse investigator and I had a panic attack in the middle of Longhorns. Yes, I did. (laughs) Uh, To the point that my friends were like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like coworkers and they're like, don't look at her, don't look at her because they knew it made it worse. Right. And so it wasn't until then, so out of college, in my first job, that I truly figured out, oh, I'm trying to kill myself through doing too much and not taking care of myself because I'm putting the responsibility of the world on me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it really wasn't until about 2006, so pretty, mm-hmm. a pretty long time, that I understood the concept without knowing the term. Right. And that included a lot of hiking and exercising. And that was my like form of self-care. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't get me wrong, I had already started therapy, but that was trauma-related. So self-care is really different from delving into trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we all know. As we all know. Yes. <laughs> People who listen to this show, certainly. <laughs> I actually don't think I knew about self-care. Because I, f- I feel like, you know, you know about it in terms of taking care of yourself, but the term and the idea of like prioritizing it and that it's important, I don't think I knew until 2017. Yeah. We've talked about it before on the show in several different instances. I am really bad at it. I think a lot of women are. Mm -hmm. So even when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this self-care thing, my attitude around it was the opposite of what it needed to be. It was like another check box. Right. That made it another stressor. And like, oh, I have to do this thing. Yeah. So we are going to talk about that, but it's still something I struggle with. Right. I mean, I think for me, yeah, the term was not self-care. It was mental health day, which I know Uh, we talk about in my industry where I came from, especially with like government jobs or service Mm -hmm. jobs. We talk about mental health days and trying to get them. And it's so frowned upon in that industry. Like they tell you to do it. They tell you to do it. Right. They tell you to shut up your phone. They tell you to, you know, you take your week of vacation. And and a few people have. And I love and admire that. And I think few people have because they had to. Like they had families or whatever, whatnot. And it caused Mm -hmm. a lot of problems in marriages or problems with their children because a lot of people would put their job first. But we were told to take our mental health day, but mm-hmm. made sure to be told, don't say it's a mental health day, tell them you're sick. Like, it's right. just kind of that level. So yeah. for the longest time, and I know I think people think it that way still, it, that term is really, really, it's definitely become a little more of a fad, the term, not necessarily yeah. a practice. So to me, it's kind of a newer idea. And it does feel really selfish Yeah, to say you need that. Yes. Still. And we're going to talk about that 
that feeling. And and today we're we're also going to talk a lot about how self-care has been feminized, how it's seen as sort of this purview of women. And it's been in the news a lot lately for a variety of reasons. But I did want to bring this up that Pinterest uh, recently announced guidelines to, I guess, foster a healthier environment on their platform to be kinder and to be more positive in general, which I find interesting because Pinterest, to me, there's a lot of great things that can happen on Pinterest, but I see the negative of almost that like wishful, you know, your pin board of I want to be, what is that called? Pinspiration, you want to be this thin and I'm going to do this and this and this, like that perfect life that you build. Okay. Uh, Unhealthy. Uh, Yeah. I'm not really into Pinterest. mm -hmm. So, but I am definitely seeing the boards and that sounds horrifying because also people can look at this, right? They can, but you can put it on private. I think all of mine are on private except for my random 90s board. I was going to a 90s themed party and I was trying to come up with a costume, of course. But all my like DD. What are those? You'll find out soon enough. No. You know what? That makes me panic. Let's not think about I that. I know, I know. <laughs> so back to this Pinterest thing. is They have this creator code that says, I agree to be kind, check my facts, be aware of triggers, practice inclusion, and do no harm. Which I'm curious how they will uh, reinforce those, but... We're seeing more social media platforms try to do these things, which is something else we've talked about a lot. And I remember when I first came on as a host of this show, some people would write in and say why they didn't like trigger warnings, why they thought they were like useless and uh, actually harmful. And I would argue back like my side of it. And I feel like it's shifting towards people being more aware of why you need to think about those sorts of things. Right. I mean, honestly, that's kind of why we, how that conversation of our trauma series began is Mm -hmm. everybody was so leaning to, oh my God, everybody's so PC, they're so sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, no, but this is why we need these things because it has for our entire lives, we didn't have this. And I Mm -hmm. really wish we did. Yeah. (laughs) And that is okay to have those warnings, but why it was important and why we needed to respect them. But yeah, that's interesting to see because we have kind of gone all back and forth and back and forth of, is this a problem or is this a solution or is this adding on to the problems? And it's kind of, I'm really glad to see that it's sticking Mm -hmm. and it's becoming a thing. Aren't you? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I remember in particular, one person was a professor and, and they wrote in and they were like, I just feel that giving trigger warnings it means that topics that need to be talked about won't be talked about. And I was like, I hear you, but I think it doesn't mean I won't show up to whatever lesson. It just means I'll show up knowing I need to be prepared for this. And I, I, I obviously you and I don't think that doesn't mean don't talk about something. It's just giving right. people that like <laughs> warning if they need it to take care of themselves. And speaking of, let's do a brief Definition, like we like to do. What is self-care? According to the World Health Organization, 
It is, quote, self-care is what people do for themselves to establish and maintain health and to prevent and deal with illness. It is a broad concept encompassing hygiene, general and personal nutrition, type and quality of food eaten, lifestyle, sporting activities, leisure, etc., environmental factors, living conditions, social habits, etc., socioeconomic factors, income level, cultural beliefs, etc., and self-medication. This can include things like, yes, nutrition, hygiene, or seeking medical care. It is often described as something that brings you joy. And this definition is pretty old. I think it's from 1998, actually. And it's been updated in various outlets like the World Health Organization. To me, this makes sense, but I think of self-care as a much more like find something, yeah, that brings you joy and do that thing. Right. But I do think... That large definition, that makes sense as well. Right. Some have put self-care into categories like emotional self-care, taking dedicated breaks, physical self-care, getting enough sleep, eating well, and spiritual self-care, which can include spending time in nature. Some break it down even further into temporary versus enduring. So like a one-time self-care thing or something that is an ongoing self-care thing. And also... (laughs) I really recommend looking up... Actually, it's not... I don't know. I thought it was funny. But the World Health Organization has a self-care hippopotamus diagram, which uh, did bring me joy. And I did laugh quite heartily at it. (laughs) Well, I love hippopotamus. So I will go look it up. Even though they're quite dangerous, Samantha. I'm sure. I also like many other things that I would rather not hang out with. You know? (laughs) Right. That's fair. Just saying. Mm -hmm. So it can manifest many ways, like writing or journaling, meditating, yoga, hiking, listening to music, stretching, crafting a long bath with some wine, one of my favorites, taking time off social media, which I've yet to be able to do, enjoy a nice cup of coffee, a facial, allowing yourself to say no or cancel plans, which I'm a pro at, (laughs) happy hour with friends, which, oh my goodness, we've gotten vaccinated so we can do that again, yay! Um, Still safely, of course. And basically, a way for you to make space to relax, check in with yourself, and recharge. And as an introvert, I definitely have to do this on a consistent basis. Uh, Self-care goes hand in hand with mindfulness of being aware when you're engaging in unhealthy habits or behaviors and asking yourself what triggered that. Right. And quarantine has made self-care more difficult in a lot of ways, which sounds like that doesn't make sense. But if you're thinking... But all I've been doing is watching Netflix on my couch during the pandemic. Uh, Isn't that self-care? Why do I need self-care? That does not necessarily count. Unless it's a mindful decision to take care of yourself, it doesn't really qualify as self-care. It might be a coping mechanism. But if that's all you're doing, your body and mind won't thank you for it. No blame, no shame at all. Um, There is an indent in my couch that was not there before this quarantine. (laughs) Oh... It's just an odd space to navigate our thoughts on self-care and productivity when you are confined inside. At least that's been my case. I've definitely given a lot of thought to mindfulness. And I think I've gotten better at it. But by getting better at it, I've learned I have a lot of other issues that I need to get better at. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the problem with reflecting too much on yourself. You're like, well... Let me check in. Oh, crap. Like, there are so <laughs> many things, especially for a person like you who is on the go all the time. For mm-hmm. me, talking about the Netflix thing, 
to not think about those things. I consistently mm-hmm. watch the same things over and over and over again. So at least I can just drift off. Mm-hmm. But it's all the time. And for me, the practice of self-care is actually meditating. I've talked about the Calm app before and I've talked about how much I enjoy it. And I don't use it as often as I like, meaning daily. But when I do, it is a self-awareness of knowing, okay, I need to do this to focus a little bit. That's not Netflix. Mm-hmm. you know. And so I think, yeah, definitely. But having those moments is very restful to me to be able to sit and not do anything and just hear nice water sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, also those tubs are like, why can't I do this all the time? What is going on? Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, Samantha, though self-care is often painted as selfish or indulgent, it's really important to our health. Research shows practicing it promotes better health, longer life, less stress, higher self-esteem, and more productivity, actually. Um, Not practicing self-care can have negative impacts on your mind and body, leading to things like burnout, not just professionally, but personally. And we've seen a lot of conversation about this recently in the activist space. It can also be costly in terms of doctor's visits that might be necessary if you're not looking after yourself, or even the loss of work when it comes to burnout. Right. And also with burnout, we could also talk about the the new term is fatigue. And Mm -hmm. we're talking a lot about now because we're talking about COVID fatigue or quarantine fatigue or any of those things and trying to go back out. It's a whole thing. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that actually helps you care for yourself in a way that seems selfish, but it's actually not. And the thing about self-care, it's not just about you, but how you impact the other people in your life and how you can serve your community and do your job. As the importance of self-care has been largely recognized in many ways, it's been co-opted, yes, by beauty companies and feminized. Of course it has. And if you search for self-care kits, you'll see, and I will say this because I actually try to find one for Mm -hmm. a friend who was going through a really hard time And oh my goodness, you see a lot of spa-related items and chocolate. And the entire time, I'm like, I don't know if she likes to do any of these. Like, my girl likes to ride motorcycles and, you know, she likes (laughs) to go to Target practice. There's no need for this. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. If you love it, that's great too. Absolutely. I love chocolate. Give me my Mm -hmm. chocolate. (laughs) If you specifically search for men's self-care, it's almost always black and red accented grilling stuff and or alcohol. Yep. Which, by the way, women like alcohol too, but that's not always a solution for self-care and mindfulness. No. <laughs> no. Just, just put that out there. Yes. And grilling is great. Grilling is great. If you like that, great. Yeah. Boss stuff is great. Once again, love that. But clearly, this is a space like many others that has been very, very gendered. To even the point to say the words like mental health day mm-hmm. seems weak. And so people don't want to say it when it right. really does not need to be in a lot of ways, the gendering is unhealthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And more and more people are getting in on self-care. From 2015 to 2020, Google Trends indicate that searches for self-care doubled. But yeah, there is this unhealthy gender split. And we'll get into that. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with self-care for men. When I see this, I keep wanting to say just for men, like the <laughs> hair product. 
Yes. I mean, that's a that's a space where the companies have tried to, like, masculinize right. self-care. It's like, hey, manly man, smelled good so you can get cute lady over there. Right. Um, <laughs> Look at this gray bottle. It's obviously for you, the dark gray. Yes. And only. Clear. With the red top, almost always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Old Spice, really. They have specifically brought in a woman to tell her she can't use it because it's not for her, for their newer products. Right. Why? Because it smells too nice. So she's like, that's obviously for me. Right, right. right. But he's saying, no, it's mine. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just do that. <laughs> just use whatever product is available. <laughs> so men are not as involved in the self-care space as women. And there are a couple of reasons why. One reason is that there are more entry points into self-care for women, whether it is friends of yours or magazines, or Instagram. It's generally more accessible and acceptable for women. Um, Some of that is the beauty industry trying to capitalize off women, no doubt, but it is more acceptable. In our very warped society, taking care of yourself is sometimes viewed as, yes, a weakness or selfish. And because we view women as the, quote, weaker gender, it's more acceptable for them to do it. And beauty was a space that was already dominated by women in a lot of ways. So it was an easier transition. Not that all self-care is (laughs) beauty-based. Not at all. But a lot of it, when we see it advertised, a lot of it is. There's a lot of dismissal of self-care as being for snowflakes, our vapish women, indulgent women, things like that. Right, which is hilarious because when we look at the job industry and we talk about the working from home, how it's doubled women's workload, and yet we want to say this is weak, Mm -hmm. makes me laugh. Again, this is a big deal for a lot of reasons. We've talked in previous episodes about the rates of mental health issues and suicide for men. American men are 3.5 times more likely to die by suicide than women. And men are more likely to delay help if they seek it at all, and they typically don't have as strong of a support system as women. While self-care obviously is not going to make these things go away, it can be an important part of someone's mental health. But again, the internet seems to indicate that self-care for men is generally not taken seriously or outright mocked as weakness. And of course, again, this is kind of that conversation of self-care has been kind of hijacked by the beauty industry, and so therefore that type of level of spa and mm-hmm. massages and going to salons so feminized that men yeah. cannot be associated with that. Yeah. We know. Even though they should, if you want to do that stuff as a man, it should be acceptable. Massages are wonderful. Massages are wonderful. I mean, they freak me out on one level, but the the yeah. end is always... The pandemic has. <laughs> Maybe kind of care. Yes, yes. It's going to take a while. <laughs> and then we can talk about the hypersexualization of the fact that massages are a double entendre right. when it comes to referencing for men. So mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation yeah. that I hate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to put that out there. And when self-care does exist, it's often hyper masculinized. Even proponents of it use a lot of words like manly and masculine and all of those stupid words. Yeah, I read several of these articles that had a lot of uses of manly and masculine. And this really is, I think it's easy to dismiss, but this really is a huge part of what we're talking about when we're talking about like toxic masculinity and mental health. And it has, it ripples out and touches all kinds of things. But there was a part of me that was almost like, I, I, this feels like the weakness to me. 
that someone has to pander to you and be like, hey, manly man, you'll still be a manly man if you like do right. this thing. And I, I'm not, like, I don't, there's not a weakness there of like recognizing you, you need to take care of yourself. Right. And I get why these articles are doing that, but I, it just right. feels very sad that this is the point that we're at. Right. I mean, and then when we talk about self-care, a lot of it is done in isolation. Yeah. And then, as we were saying previously about how oftentimes they don't have support system, when we see people talking about self-care for men, whether it is having a sip of scotch, sitting by yourself in your lounge chair, looking out the window, like that's the idea of self-care. And that's not always the most healthy either. The whole like the yeah. private den, the man cave, mm-hmm. it's all very isolating. And to have time with men is to be with the boys, but that's not necessarily for self-care once again. Yeah. And so it's kind of that question of why are we so determined to isolate men? Mm-hmm as well as to look down on women when they do need support, when everyone needs support. We know this. Mm-hmm. We know this. Hello. Yes. And I do I do want to put it in here. America is not the only place by any means where this ideology exists. And because of the pervasive attitude, there are frequently more crisis resources available to women. Right before we recorded this, I found a really fascinating and upsetting article from Australia about a very similar thing of high rates of suicide among men, but not a lot of resources dedicated to giving them help. So that's another issue, like on a even a governmental level. Mm -hmm. And when you think of in the past of men being breadwinners... And that idea of like the Scott, the madmen, you know, it's almost sexy that you <laughs> are alone with your scotch in a dim lighting <laughs> while your family is like... <laughs> You're just a shadow. Exactly. <laughs> so if you look at that idea when being a man basically meant working all the time and not really making time for your family, self-care doesn't fit into that. It's antithetical to that whole idea. And we've talked about that on the show about particularly here in the United States, the idea of a workaholic and how it's in fact been painted as such a good thing when it is unhealthy. And obviously, times have changed from like the Mad Men era, but a lot of that toxic cultural stuff is still baked in there. We haven't gotten rid of it. So that's a part of this whole conversation I did see when I was researching this, some sites calling for men to prioritize self-care, but they did it, a lot of them did it, by blaming women for feminizing the space. Basically, that because Mm -hmm. women and female influencers, they they got a lot of blame, dominate, in quote, self-care. They've kept men out and that men need to get in and take it over, which is wild to me. (laughs) I love that they can't coexist. Like, no. In any way. Right. So it has to be us versus them. And it literally becomes the whole mansplaining situation of, no, 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 no. Let me show you how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to do it. And it's our space. Don't touch it. Yeah. How dare you? And maybe they can talk about that being with like video gaming or any of that and being like, it used to be comfortable. Now women are doing it too. And I'm like, what? (laughs) 
I know. Where is this divide that it has to be one or the other? I don't understand. Of course, we also have a lot of pushback with the whole, we're losing our masculinity. Mm-hmm. We're losing real men. So we have to claim the space in a different manner to take back what was ours. Right. Which is any attention, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that whole perceived loss of power. And, and we've talked about that before, too, of the kind of feminization of the Democratic Party in our country and the masculinization of the Republican Party and the Republican Party very much being like, no snowflakes, while at the same time being extremely sensitive. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Cancel culture. That's a different thing. I did, I was reminded of that Gillette commercial where they were like, dudes, it's not cool to mistreat women. Which you can argue back and forth about when companies do that the benefits and the downsides, but people were so upset about it. <laughs> like, how dare you tell men we can't mistreat women? Ridiculous. Anyway, that's... I don't remember that commercial. Oh, God. I don't remember this commercial. It, it came out, I think it was the 2019 Super Bowl, and it, it was just a, you know, commercial about, like, it's not cool to make these comments to women or to catcall or you know, sexually assault someone, not cool. And people freaked out about it. Um. (laughs) How dare you say I can't assault someone? This is very, like, loose memory. So if people are like, actually, uh, it was about this. I just just remember that what we're talking about has tried to been tackled in a Gillette commercial. And so (laughs) (laughs) that's where we're at. Well, yeah, speaking of commercials, obviously we see this in uh, beauty hygiene projects a lot. Usually a big, yes, a big muscular dude selling this idea and that he uses XYZ product and he is the dudeliest of dudes, usually in a humorous manner. Of course, I think uh, the yogurt commercial comes to mind. I'm like, what? And then the food, everything has to be bigger portions or bigger sizes for the hungry yeah, guy. Yeah, more like protein. Just... <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about the Old Spice and I'm still trying to figure out what's happening there. They're not letting that go. Yeah. And we know Axe tried to turn it a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's worked well for them. Has it worked well? Do I, we know don't, this? I don't know what you're talking about, but knowing them, I'm going to say no. But that's a very... <laughs> Axe trying to be uh, all like, I'm a sensitive dude. Uh, this is the smell I have. Okay. I think Jeez. maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. It's been a long time since I've seen a lot of commercials. My favorite is Womp There It Is. That's my favorite. <laughs> I like the dessert commercial. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I, I still bought to that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. And then there are some areas traditionally viewed as self care that men do take part in, especially when it comes to physical looks. Everybody likes a good trimmed beard. We know this. (laughs) However, this is frequently more to meet a standard and less about taking care of themselves. You know, maybe being mocked constantly. Like the whole level of uh, metrosexual came out and everybody was very either into it or not into Mm -hmm. it. So the lumberjack sexual came in as well, which is kind of along those same lines. I just find that funny. Do we have that for women? What, metrosexual level? Yeah. I don't think we do. It might be worth investigating a whole episode yeah. on. Yeah, I don't think we do. I think it, or either it's like the flip of 
I guess, being slightly more masculine. I don't know. Right. I think that's a whole level of needing to identify men as manly or not. Mm -hmm. and Their sexuality. Yeah. That we have to know their sexuality, whether or not mm -hmm. it's... It benefits us for whatever reason, whether... So if he's metrosexual, that means he's heterosexual, but has style, right? In that sense. So we have to know, okay, okay, just because he has style doesn't mean he's gay. We must classify this, right. which is a whole level of homophobia yeah. in itself oh, yeah. that we could talk about. <laughs> which again, kind of goes down to this whole gendered idea that we have to label it and make sure we know that something is masculine in order to prove manliness. Right. Yep. And... At the detriment and the health yeah. of everyone. Yeah, there's definitely a layer of homophobia involved in all of this. Despite all this negative stuff, men's self-care market, it is growing. According to Allied Market Research Projects, it will be worth $122 million by 2022. That's not necessarily a good thing. But uh, I guess it shows that at least companies, they're, they're making movements in those areas. Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> Indeed. We did want to talk about <laughs> self-care and women for a little bit as well. But first, we're going to pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So a lot of people have written and spoken about self-care uh, when it comes to women, us included, but we did want to talk about it a little bit. Over at Huffington Post, Lindsay Holmes wrote, self-care shouldn't be reduced to a fleeting activity or dispensable product. It shouldn't even just be considered a wellness phenomenon. For women, it's a difficult but necessary act that helps us survive in a world with work demands, family pressures, duties at home, rampant incidents of sexual harassment, a relentless news cycle, financial worries, and more. Inner reflection takes time and energy. Resources we're already lacking. Self-care is hard work. I wanted to include that quote because I think people forget when we're thinking, oh, it's this selfish, indulgent woman. It is hard work. And it's something that you have to prioritize and take the time for, which in itself can be difficult when you do have all of these things that she listed and more. I think a lot of people do view it as sort of a hippy-dippy wellness phenomenon. And absolutely, companies have capitalized on that and some people do treat it that way but what at its core that's not what it is and that's not what it should be right religiously it was a whole command it was a whole day whether we're looking at uh, traditional Jewish cultures and or just Western Christian ideas that Sunday is Sabbath you know people get very upset about this sometimes and some people don't take it seriously at all mm -hmm. however you want to say it my parents got upset when alcohol sales happened on Sunday and they're like what's the world going to mm -hmm. but it was a religious thing and it somehow has changed for a lot of the cultures. And not that you have to do it and you have to set a date. It shouldn't be a command by an overlord, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> for the lack of better words, but mm -hmm. it, it was there for a reason. And yeah, and talking about the fact that most of the times for women, this is the first thing to go out the window. Yeah. If you have to take something off your list, this is it. Mm -hmm. And we know this. Mm -hmm. We know this, which again, Part of that is if we're not doing something, yeah. then we're not doing it right. And that has this level of guilt. It is this idea that productivity is the morality of your life, yeah. point blank. Um, and a lot of us measure success 
by productivity, whether it's how many hustles you got, yep. how many things you're doing, what have you gotten by a certain age. Like I still have it in my head that I am not successful. I am not adulting because I did not hit these markers mm-hmm. that you and I talked about so many times. Yeah, that's it. yeah. the other day, I, I think it was my favorite. Somebody called me an adult, which I am, but I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just listing off the things that I haven't done yeah. is one of the first things that I do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, I haven't done this yep. and this and this and that does not. And then comparing myself to others who are 15 years younger than me, 20 years mm-hmm. younger than me, 30 years younger than me, doing it better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what have I done with my life? <laughs> but I mean, that's the kind of thing is we define ourselves that way, which is detrimental. Yes. In the end. And I, you know, back to good old capitalism, I think there's a a big part of it actually is that idea of the workaholic and that that's somehow a good thing. And that is what you measure success by. And then on top of that, this idea, especially in the United States, that if you hustle hard enough, you will succeed no matter what obstacles, systemic obstacles are in your way. And in that way, you're blaming yourself, whether you know it or not, for issues that are really beyond your control. And others blame others. They can't understand the systemic level of why it can't be like this. It's like cautionary tales, like early bird, get the worm, all this BS has really been ingrained into our head that we're not successful if we do not follow these things and have all of our savings and all of these things saved away so that we can enjoy the easy, relaxed life, which is very quickly disappearing for a lot of our generations. That whole level of social security, we know that financial Mm -hmm. stability, that doesn't exist where we talk about no living wages Starting as a freshly graduated college student with some loans under my belt because my parents could not, is not one of those that had everything saved away from me. So I had to pay everything as best as I could. And that included some loans, including the fact that I had to live on campus, all of those to say. Mm -hmm. And then going to a job that only paid me $25,000 a year to live by myself, to take care of myself for the first time ever. And that doesn't include the fact that they took away money for insurance, that take away mm-hmm. money for all of these benefits that I did not understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of these things. And to the fact that we are supposed to pretend like we know what we're doing and then realizing that my loans went from this to 20 times that because of something that was out of my control. It's like, what the hell just happened? This became <laughs> more than my tuition for the four years. Right. And to say, oh, but you should have done it better. Mm-hmm. You should have planned ahead. How do you tell a 19, yeah. like 22-year-old to plan ahead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we that's a whole separate conversation, but we really don't train people for that kind of stuff, like young people. And then we're, like, surprised when they don't know what to do. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> uh, you're expecting this 18-year-old to make the wise financial decisions. Great. Uh, right. <laughs> but that's the thing. is like That means you have failed. Because you are not to this level. Mm -hmm. But you better not take care of yourself because you will never get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a part of that too, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit in a second, is self-esteem related. Like part of self-care is you have to say you're worth the self-care. Right. And I think that's hard for a lot of people. And I think especially marginalized folks, if you are living in a country 
that has these systems in place are just social events that remind you that you're not valued as much as, say, straight white guy, it can be hard to tell mm-hmm. yourself like, no, I am and I I deserve to take this time. And just because I didn't understand a very complicated financial system at the age of 18 doesn't mean <laughs> that I don't deserve these right. things. I still don't understand. And yeah, since domestic work is still taken on more by women and studies show women have less leisure time than men by about three times, it can be harder for women to carve out this time to take care of themselves. And perhaps doing so comes with increased guilt and... There is a difference, which I do want to say here, between meeting basic needs and self-care. So if you're saying like, oh, I carved out the time to get enough sleep tonight, that's great. That's not really self-care. It can be. But like if you're talking about a a very, that's just your norm is you don't get enough sleep, that's not really a (laughs) self-care. That's a a basic need that you're not meeting. And around the world, women don't have access to health care at the same rates as men, which does impact self-care. So that is another part of this conversation. Right. And we know the pandemic alone has affected that immensely, immensely, even though, again, we've talked about the fact that, you know, we're at home. It's okay. We're doing, we can do this constantly. That's not true. We know this. We already talked about, again, mentioning how the fact that majority of the household work falls on women Mm -hmm. in general as well as the stress of being quarantined and stress of living in a pandemic world Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, causes a lot of that. And then when you can't escape, so when your usual uh, methods of escaping, such as exercising with uh, wherever you go to exercise and or traveling Mm -hmm. or even just being able to walk out the door, that is highly affected as well. Again, we talked about the fact that a lot of the money that was slowly going towards women to help with care has disappeared Mm -hmm. because other issues have come rise and we know that when it comes down to it, it's secondary for women to get the care that they need. Yes. Around the world. That's a whole different conversation. And recognizing that you, again, as Annie said, that you actually are worth that, Mm -hmm. that you are worth the time to run away from your family (laughs) for two hours, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) It's okay. I mean, I think for me, and this is very, very general, we went to your beach house. Mm -hmm. And I have not been so excited. And it was like six, seven, eight months after quarantine began. Yeah. Because we went, I think we went at, it was Dragon August, Con weekend. Right? So it was right. Labor Day. Yeah. And it started in March mm-hmm. and I hadn't left and I was losing it. I was losing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just being able to be in a car to drive somewhere was such a phenomenon at that moment yeah. that the minute we got in the car and we started driving and like realizing we were on a trip mm-hmm. pulled something from me. Mm-hmm. That was it. So, like, to me, like, stuff like that being like, oh, wow, being so scared. And you and I talked about this. We were so scared, especially as podcasters, as people who are sort of, you know, seen, Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. We're so scared of saying the wrong things or doing the wrong things or being hypocritical and being really cautious. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, we don't want to talk about that was a privilege. Had I not known you, I would have never been able to do that. And it felt like a privilege. It was amazing. And doing things like that is a privilege. But that's the other part to that. It's like, I don't feel like I can because I know other people are suffering. So why am I allowed to do this? Mm -hmm. And that again, that builds onto that self-worth. And again, 
meeting your basic needs, whole different level. You should be able to have that. And it's absurd that we don't. Uh-huh. Being able to be on living wage, you should be able to have that, especially when you work your ass off trying to provide for your people that you love. Yeah. End of story. Uh-huh. But things like that, like the traveling that I got to do for the first time in eight months was such a glorious moment mm-hmm. that felt like self-care, but felt so guilty that yeah. I was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot lately because I think a lot of women do this. Um, a lot of marginalized people do this, but I do that a lot where I'm like, well, is it worth, I don't have it as bad as this person or whoever. So I'm just being a big baby or what, whatever it is, like, because I don't have it as bad. And I think that is a part of what holds people back when it comes to self-care is that guilt around that whole idea. And when we're talking about social media as part of this, it has been a great space for normalizing self-care. But if it becomes competitive or performative, that's defeating the purpose. And a lot of self-care can get caught up in reinforcing tropes around beauty and weight. So going back to what I was saying at the beginning about Pinterest, to me, that's what a lot of Pinterest is, is people kind of showing off that they're, because they eat this and they exercise this much, these, this is how they look and these the clothes they, they can wear. And and that can be healthy, but if you turn it, it's so like a fine line. <laughs> And that's a problem I have a lot is I I turn it into something that is not self-care anymore. It is like a competitive thing. And speaking of that, I think there's a hijacking of self-care too in the self-help productivity workspace that's basically selling it as a tool to do more work, which it does help productivity, but it's not about that. It's not about doing more work necessarily. And it's not some magical way to become a CEO if you're like good, if you really crush it when it comes to self-care. Not that's not right. what it is. <laughs> Look, I admire and respect the people who are on here talking about their fitness and getting these workouts and then having the whole why aren't you doing it? That makes me want to throw my phone across the room. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Like I see that constantly and I want to be like, because I'm depressed and my anxiety is really high. And all I really want to do is curl up in a fetal position under my blanket while my dog sits on top of me until I suffocate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's some of the level that I'm at. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if it's for them, that's great. But to turn it around and accuse people of not being able to hit your mark is really damaging. Mm -hmm. And when you do that as a way of getting likes or getting promotions, what like promotional benefits from other companies, that's damaging. And what you're doing is causing more harm than than anything else. And I, I say you, I'm just saying the general you yeah. in all all aspects. Because let's be honest, this year has been a year of collective trauma. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this later. It could be a whole other episode about women and collective trauma, especially in the marginalized communities. And we, we're going to talk a little more about the intersections of this. But the level of trauma that has happened this year, the fact that anyone got up, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. There's a debate about drinking water. It's absurd. If you're doing it, wonderful. If you're not, you do you. (laughs) Be healthy, though. Be healthy. Be healthy. Again, we have to recognize how self-care looks different for people of color and for the LGBTQ community or any other marginalized groups. Let's be honest. Politically, what we've been seeing is horrible. Mm -hmm. And I think we're coming through the upswing, but the constant back and forth, the constant back and forth... It's traumatizing. I, I, maybe it's because I've been so focused and been so isolated that that's all I focus on. Yeah. But these 
past few years feel disgusting. Mm -hmm. Whether it's I've lost friendships, I've lost family members, I've lost trust in people. Like, there's so much that we have to talk about and we have talked about and we continue to talk about and then we put on people's shoulders yeah. to explain. It's been a hard damn year, <laughs> period. And self-care may just mean I'm not going to talk to you yeah. <laughs> today. I might not see my family for a year. I'm okay. <laughs> like things like that have happened. And then the amount of death and the amount of heartache that we've seen on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just because we're seeing it for the first time. Also because our administration allowed millions of people to die. All of those things weigh. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about what's happening in the marginalized communities, when we look at all of the politics that are happening even today with the trans community, LGBTQ plus community, I just saw a new a law allowing for organizations to discriminate against the LGBTQ plus community to allowing them to be part of the group. I see consistently the bills that are trying to block that community from adopting, which I have a lot of feels on. We know this. We consistently see the bills, the injustice that has happened on all of the levels. Mass shootings. Just this freaking week alone mm -hmm. I know. has made me want to vomit. Mm -hmm. This last month has been awful. So when we talk about self-care, it may just very well be, I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. In the story, and that's okay. So to try to place this whole line of buy this, do this, be this mm -hmm. is damaging in itself. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and um, when I was researching this, uh, there are a lot of resources out there for that are for specific uh, marginalized groups. And what I was reading from people who were writing about it, and they they were talking about the value of community support and camaraderie and finding those things. So certainly, if you need those resources, they are out there. Also, much bigger conversation, but the whole mass shooting thing, like some of that is what we're talking about here with men can't get mental health care. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, much bigger conversation. We also need to talk about accessibility and cost here because, of course, when companies got involved, prices went up for things, items that have been in this self care space, like like skincare, beauty, it can, get, it can get really pricey, especially when celebrities and influencers get involved, uh, which more and more male celebrities have been getting involved in this, I noticed. Not an option for everyone and may turn people off who otherwise would participate in self-care if uh, that's what they're seeing, that's what they think it is. Again, beauty is not a self-care make, this in a lot of things, but uh, for a lot of people, that is, I have friends where that is their thing of like doing the facial and just relaxing. Or if we talk about physical activities that aren't possible or comfortable for everyone for a variety of reasons, just keeping those things in mind too of accessibility. And uh, yeah, of course, there are predatory uh, products out there marketed as self-care that are like guaranteed to get rid of your eye bags or whatever it is. That's not... Eye bags, yeah. <laughs> That's what my, I, my friend calls them. Um, baggies, <laughs> eye baggies. <laughs> eye baggies, I love it. Yeah. yeah, and for those who have been able to be successful and maybe publish a book or do some things, rekindle friendships, whatever. That's phenomenal yeah. too. And you should be allowed to celebrate. Yes. That's that other part, again, is that guilt level. Mm -hmm. Don't point at people and say, you're not doing this like me. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. 
but celebrate what you have been able mm-hmm. to do. Celebrate the good things in your life. I mean, I do celebrate the fact that I am able to do this yeah. instead of being in the world, which for my old coworkers who are continually seeing trauma mm-hmm. on the outside and then continually dealing with trauma in their workspace, that's a lot. Yeah. And and I'm I'm very grateful that I I am in this space where I can process it in a different manner now. Mm-hmm. But it's not lost on me that people are doing these jobs or people are doing these things. Yeah. People are doing this work. And it's important that we allow for them to celebrate the things that they have been able to accomplish. I just remember one of my biggest things uh, being in that field, just constantly saying, I just need a one small victory, yeah. like crying about it mm-hmm. and how big of a deal it was, whether it's to know that I helped a kid rehabilitate and get off of probation in general. Like I was able to be like, we're going to work this out. We're going to do these things together in the story Mm -hmm. or hooking them up and able to get them an internship to be able to make money. Like stuff like that is phenomenal. We're not going to talk about the incarceration system, which I have a lot of guilt about in general. But the, the thing is, there's a collective amount of trauma that is happening and we need to be able to celebrate the things that can be celebrated. And for those who have, you know, children in their lives, who are able to have babies and, and are, are living in a place of health and that, those who are seeing someone for the first time, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. Congratulations. And we celebrate that with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I'm glad you said that because I do, I think that is another aspect of this is people feel like they can't share happy things right now. I know I don't. That's why I'm like not on social right. media hardly ever anymore. Like I, I don't want to post about don't sad stuff, but then I can't post it. The world is on fire. That's true. <laughs> I like self-deprecating stuff, like when I tripped and trusted my ankle in the living room. Yes. But for those who are asking, how? Yeah. How do we even go down this road or should we even go down this route? So if you're listening to this and thinking, I need to start doing this, you don't have to. But if you want to, or maybe like, I need to do better, how do I go about that? Again, you're better. It's different from everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Just be healthy. So here are some tips. Yes. Choose an activity or activities you enjoy or that relaxes you, such as playing fiends and trying to beat your coworkers, <laughs> like Lauren, who has yet to reply to my banter. If that makes you feel better, then do it. Yeah. So yeah, get a get some activities that you like that are healthy, um, and then narrow it down to one at first that you want to start putting into your daily routine. So here we're talking more about incorporating it more regularly as opposed to that sort of one-time event. Then, yeah, try implementing it every day for a week. After that week's done, think about how you feel about it. Repeat with another activity, switch out activities, or just reflect on how you want to go about it and if it worked for you and why it did or didn't work for you. And if it didn't, it's okay. It is. Moving on. It is okay. And speaking of, I, I did want to briefly talk about this because I... I Like I said, I'm really bad at it. And uh, I was working on this outline the day after I got my second dose of the vaccine. And I ended up getting having a pretty severe reaction, I will say. And I was in bed and I was shaking so hard that like the, the bed frame was rattling. And I was sweating. It looked like I'd gone swimming. And I was so cold and I felt so bad. And I was typing like, women need to do better at (laughs) self-care. Not that, but essentially like, how can women be better at self-care? And then I was working away and Lauren, my co-worker and friend, she 
texted me and said, stop working. And then she sent an email out to like everybody I was supposed to work with that day to record. And she said, we're not recording. <laughs> like she stepped in. <laughs> Good. And then you showed up. You were so kind and you bought me pho, but I felt guilty about it because I was like, oh no, what if I was... I know, you wouldn't let me. I'm like, I'm doing it, damn it. And, <laughs> like, and for like, I'm me, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> this is part of my self-care. We've talked about this before. Like for people like me, I love doing things like that. So I have to do it. So let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, said, I kept being like, no, no, no. And then I did have the thing where I was like so proud of myself, which is very unhealthy because I was like, wow, I feel terrible. But look at how much work I'm doing. Yeah. It's just messed up. And I up. did nothing. <laughs> I did nothing. I We purposely didn't record. We changed yep. the date. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be a rough one. For, I don't know, maybe it could be a rough one. Mm -hmm. I've seen stories. And of course, my reaction, because we ended up getting our shots at the same day, yeah. yay, were very different. Like, I was nowhere near as bad as you were. We had, I had this little bit of chills and a fever, but that was quickly gone. But I was like, I'm just going to check in on her, make sure she's alive. But we're not talking about work. <laughs> and I purposely did not ask about work. And yeah. we did bring some noodles for you. Because, mm -hmm. you know... This is all about getting together. And that's the other part to this is you have to recognize when your body is telling you something. Yeah. Because it's telling you something for a reason. Yeah. And that was, hey, stop it. <laughs> Go to bed, damn it. It's surprisingly difficult to do that. I feel like as women, we or especially, I, I can just speak in my case, I've distanced myself so much from my body that it's I can't, basic things like sleepy and hunger and I don't I'm working on it for that yeah. yeah I on the other hand I do recognize it but it's according to what I have to do and if there's like I felt guilty because I, I had a feeling you were working <laughs> and so I didn't know what else to do mm -hmm. but I'm like yeah but I'm sleepy and I'm tired and we can do this later if I do things I don't want to <laughs> just <laughs> laid back down <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> I yeah. will do that. But there are days that I'm like, I have to do more. Mm -hmm. If if it came down to helping someone else, then yeah, I will do it. But if it comes down to it's just me, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so you and I clearly have work to do as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten better at it. And like the fanfic, writing fan fiction is something I do. Hiking, whenever we can go, when I can go back out comfortably, because I know I could have always, but I was never comfortable. That is a big one for me. So it is something that I have been mindful of and have been trying to be better at. But yes, long ways to go still. Well, listeners, we would love to hear about your self-care. What do you do? Are, are you any good at it? Are you terrible at it? Um, you can email us. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.